Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring September 24th, 1983, from the Santa Cruz County Fairground in good old Watsonville, California. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-host, Nob. Um, Nob, please join me in this brief moment of silence for Fig... (laughs) who has decided for the third week in a row that he did not want to join us on this podcast. So please, yeah, it's, let's it's bow not our a, heads. Yeah, it's not a morning silence so much as a, a passive-aggressive silence. Yes. So we're going to bow our heads, close our eyes, we're going to count to five in our minds, and then we will begin the podcast. I'm a really quick counter. Um, so I, I, I'm done. You take all your time, right. <laughs> I think I'm at four and five. All right. Let's go ahead and open up this week with our channel six news segment. Um, and this has been, I guess, a relatively quiet week, all things considered, um, yeah. in the world of the Grateful Dead compared to these past uh, few weeks. Uh, with their sphere and out uh, sphere announcements, um, the very first thing on our docket for this evening is the Phil Lesh birthday shows. Um, they have been announced at, of course, the Capitol Theater. Um, for I believe um, it's what March thirteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. If I'm, am I correct there? No. Yes, well, he's doing two nights with the Phil Lesh Quintet earlier in the month on the, mm. the 4th and the 6th, and then Phil and Friends will be playing on the 13th, 15th, and 16th. The Phil and Friends lineup has not yet been announced. I'm willing to bet uh, that, that Phil's son is in the lineup somewhere, um, and I even go so far as to guess that John Mola will probably be playing drums. But the rest of it, I have no... I personally think it's going to be Rick Goose and the Trey Band Horns again, because that's been a favorite lineup of, of Phil's lately. But you never know. I feel like Rick Goose is taken off to be like... Is he almost too big to be pulled into these... Um... Nah, if it's if it's if it was like a full tour, I'd be like, there's no way they could get Rick Goose. But Rick Goose will absolutely do, absolutely do three nights at the Cap with Phil Lesh if if asked. Um, if Warren Haynes can now, do it. Now, what can you tell me about the Q that it's so eloquently referred to as here on JamBands.com? Yes. I don't know if I know too the much about Q. the Q. So the Q, the Phil Lesh Quintet. Uh, was kind of the go-to lineup of Phil and Friends from, say, 2001 to, like, 2004. I could have my date slightly off on that. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but it's it's very specifically, it's Warren Haynes and Jimmy Herring from the Allman Brothers and Government Mule and Widespread Panic, respectively, on the guitars. Phil Esch, of course, is on bass. John Molo from, from Bruce Hornsby and the Range is on the drums. And Rob Baracco of the Dark Star Orchestra is on keys. The five of them, in addition to being very, very talented musicians, 
just especially from over the years of playing together. They've got a great musical rapport, great musical chemistry. Um, there are some very fun Phil and Friend shows that don't involve the Q, but for my money, most of the best Phil and Friend shows are with the Q. And these days, they don't really... They, he reunites the Q once every like couple of years these days for like one or two night runs like this, because everybody's so busy now. I think I'm more interested in the Q than I am the actual Phil and Friends show. That sounds uh I can I can tell you which night I'm trying to get tickets for. Which one? The the Q. The Q. <laughs> the Q. Not the one where I think Rick Goose might show up. Um <laughs> Hey, Rick Rick Goose and the and the the boys at that O band name, I guess, just got done with a couple night run at the cap. So <laughs> they did. Fun, yes, fun. The Orabolo boys did a little a little cap run. And I that sounds like a rice told to that me. it was good. And I drew <laughs> Orobolo. Yes. Or cap right, like, Uh both maybe, but I think Orobolo a little bit more. Okay. Okay. That definitely it's sounds like a, like a, a box brand. Would you, would you like a risotto? Would you like a Orobolo? Hmm. Decisions, decisions. Uh <laughs> moving on. Yeah, the risotto would be tangy, but I find the Orobolo a little bland. But um anyway. I'll go to the next one before I get doxxed by the goose fans. Oh, they're already working. Um the only other thing on our uh docket for this week is of course um celebrities at the Super Bowl. And you know we're gonna talk about Taylor Swift. Yes, we are and I spice and Whoever yep. else was in her suite, I don't know. I think my wife knew the other two. I, I didn't know the other two. Yeah, <laughs> my please. Wife. I want to stop the podcast until you try and remember. I'll even tell you that one of them was Lana Del Rey. Now then you it, tell me Sophie the last Turner. Was one was, was, was one Sophie Turner or was that somebody else? I don't think Sophie Turner was actually there. I think it was Blake Lively is probably who you're thinking of. That's, that's. But Sophie Turner is one of her gal pals. So Yes, they are. So, they yeah. are friends. <laughs> see that we know and what's so going on is, here and in my spinoff podcast i'm gonna get uh, uh, very in depth between my parasocial perception of taylor swift and her friends um I, that's probably gonna be a good four to eight hour episode so look forward to that um and we will be posting that episode on the uh, Taylor and Travis subreddit. So be um, sure to reach out to us there. Um, no, um, I heard Bobby. I, oh, go, go, oh, ahead, go ahead. Really? No, I I was gonna say. So you're telling me Bob Weir was at the Super Bowl? That is what I have um, saw posted on the internet, and okay. um, saw some photos of him player? there. It was there was. Um, oh, I don't know if okay. I saw Bobby that, that actually sense. on. I don't know if I saw Bobby on the telecast, though. Um, no, I can imagine CBS not having the the full reverent respect for Bob Weir that we do. Um, I did find it interesting, though, that um, since um, since the game wasn't on Fox, that the um, jam band loving Fox producer was on yeah. Twitter. Picking his songs he would have picked 
um, during certain oh, points of the good. game. He oh, was like, um, if it, it was, I think I saw like it was like the first drive in San Francisco does good. It was going to be Shakedown Street, and then if nice. it was the Chiefs, it was it was something Kansas City. Um, of course, like the only Kansas, course. the only Kansas City song I know is like is like the Jackson Five. I don't even know what the hell the song's even called. <laughs> but yeah. I, I did like the fact that he was he was posting that. But um, no, there was pictures of Bobby and Natasha at the Super Bowl. Um, okay. And I, I think the way you probably could have gotten CBS to, to show Bob Weir is if you put a little caption saying that he was old Sheldon. Um, and, and speaking of, of the Super Bowl, I, I hear it was in Vegas this year, which I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's these rumors going around that, that Dead & Company is going to play a, a few nights at the Sphere. And, and the Sphere is also in Vegas. I did some Googling. They're about, they're about four miles away. So there might be some, some weight to these theories. That, that Dead & Co. might be playing the Sphere. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll be the first to let you know if that's happening. Time shall tell if Dead & Company is actually playing the Sphere. Um, I did find it interesting that during the Super Bowl broadcast that they... Yeah. Um, I forget if it was for America the Beautiful or the National Anthem. Or both. It literally might have been both. But during... Um, the didn't they project ceremonies. a flag on the sphere? Yeah. Yeah. And they like <laughs> did like they did a sweeping like that was the flag. Like they didn't show like a flag in the stadium. No way. The, the flag That's... they showed was was the was was, <laughs> was the sphere. 4 miles away at the Vegas sphere. Yeah. Oh, I'm, that's incredible. I'm, like I'm fairly positive I'm not like misremembering that. Because I remember you were saying, oh my god, oh my, oh my god, there's the sphere. And um, yeah, it was the flag. Yeah. So. Um, well, it's, it's one of our national landmarks now, you know, like it or not. What other, what other country has a, the sphere? Dubai next, but for now, just okay. us. Well, for now, it's, for now, it's just us. For now, it's us. For now, it's just us. Um, the 49ers did indeed lose, um, mm. this year's Super Bowl. That is who Bobby was there, um, in support of. So, um, Bobby made a cute little Facebook post after the game, um, wishing the 49ers. Yeah, did he give well, them fact, advice I about the what to do? <laughs> I, I think so. I think he did. Do you um, feel like what you have to do is build a team around this guy? Yes. Yes. So, um, That's good. Yeah, I thought that was that was super cute of Bobby. I always love seeing Bobby like at um like normal events. Like not like not that not that the Super yes. Bowl is normal by any stretch of the imagination, but like No, but know. Bob Weir at a football game is a fun yeah. like current Bob Weir at a football game is yeah. a very funny image. Cause he right. like he I, looks all of like a man. Like he dresses like it's the nineteenth century. And I mean this with nothing but love in my heart. It's rock and roll. It's Americana. It's his whole brand. But like he shows up in his cowboy hats and his big ponchos and you're like, all right, man. And then he's just like at the Super Bowl. Like imagine, like, like imagine, like obviously this doesn't happen, but like really imagine being behind Bob Weir at the grocery store. Like imagine trying to like maneuver your cart around Bob Weir's. Like you just look over and you're like, who's this old guy taking forever at the mustards? And then he turns around, and it's just like Bob Weir with his Civil War mutton chops. And you're like, oh. He, he just oh. always, like, petrally in the way. I, just, 
I think I woke up a hundred years ago. <laughs> Just pokes like, over your shoulder like, being I, like, hey man, you shouldn't get that rice. Like, like I know that Bobby's not buying concessions at the concession stands. But no, I, I want to see that's it. What Matt like, Bush I want to watch for. it. Right. Well, I mean, there was that hot rumor about Matt Bush. <laughs> Hold on. That, no, um, no, no, no. I, I think that rumor that that's turned out to be false. Correct. I assume have we, he, he have, have we. We don't that? know, but I I assume it's something we'd hear about around now if it were real. True. Um. So I won't go too deep into said rumor. Uh. In fact, we're just going to talk about the rumor without saying what the rumor is. But there was a rumor. Uh, this weekend, uh, concerning Matt Bush, uh, and Bob Weir. Well, okay, um, you can't you can't phrase it like that because then it's gonna make it sound like Matt Bush killed somebody or something. <laughs> like we don't we don't uh, want to talk about it, but like he might have. Uh, look, we won't say it's a crime, but like you know. So somehow no, it's, it's it started going around. Yeah, it started going around online that Matt Bush was no longer working with Bobby. Um. I don't know Matt Bush's official title, but like he's he's Bobby's right hand man. Like wherever Bobby is, yeah, Matt Bush is right. Um, so always post the pictures of set lists. Always posting all kinds of stuff. Um, and I'm not sure how the rumor originated, uh, but there was a rumor popped up on Reddit that Matt Bush was no longer um, working with Bobby. Um, and then, like a few hours later, it felt like um, Matt Bush just randomly started posting things on Instagram, not like confirming that he was still working for Bobby, but definitely like he was posting not, a lot of steelies, confirming. which I wouldn't be yeah. posting if I had just <laughs> stopped working with a member of the Grateful Dead. So uh, we think that rumor is unfounded because uh, Matt Bush is super well beloved beyond. Uh, Oh, with, with with most deadheads, so um, True. yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. But that's anyway. not going to stop us from speculating on it. <laughs> correct, correct. We will. We will. That's why you to good speculate. people tune in to the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs> yes, we will speculate until we uh, get confirmation on if Matt Bush is indeed fired or not from the Bob Weir <laughs> from 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 the Bob Weir show. Um, moving on to our main event this week. Um, I don't want to say it's an unremarkable show, but to me, this was kind of an unremarkable show. Uh, September 24th, 1983, Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds, once again, from Watsonville, California. This was a Saturday show. Um, and let's go ahead and just dive right into set one. Uh, set one kicked off with Alabama Getaway into the promised land into they love each other and then we got me and my uncle into mexicala blues um bird song um hell in a bucket uh deep ellen blues which was the final deep ellen blues um looks Ooh. like rain and then set one ended with day job um i'll go ahead and kick off set one since uh fig is yeah. not with us this evening um first things first when i I'm not sure how you felt about the show, which we're obviously going to get into, but I felt the show was fast. Yes. Um, and not fast in like a fuck, these jams are just crazy fast. 
But like yeah. I looked down and I was like, oh my god, I'm on like the eleventh song already, and I felt like I just turned this thing on. Um, yeah, it was a speedy show, and I will say that it like it didn't feel like there's it didn't feel coked up fast. It did no. not feel like they were ever going too fast. It was just every song was pretty speedy. Even like a, yeah, they yeah. love each other or a bird song. There were a, that was a fast bird song. Anyway. Not to jump was, on your point. It was real. No, no, no. It, you're you're good. It was really just like in and out. Like it was it was it was no monkey business. <laughs> it was it was it was so literally. Um, Alabama Getaway was good. Uh, Promised Land was good. Uh, I like they love each other. Uh, me and my uncle was okay. Um, I keep getting creeped out by Mexicali Blues. Um, and this is no exception. Um, yeah. I really liked Bird Song. Um, I found yeah. this bird song to be very well done. Um, Hell in a Bucket, I did not care for. Um, Interesting. At at one point of the song, it's almost it was almost as if Bobby came in too early. Yes, the, the bridge, him and the yeah. it's an early bucket. This is they only debuted it about four months before this show. So there's there are times where you can hear them still figuring it out, and one of those times is is Bobby starting the bridge while the rest of the band seems to think that they're going into a jam. Yeah, it was um, it stood out to me. That's how noticeable it yeah. was. It was it was it was it was definitely awkward. Uh, Deep Ellum was good. Looks like Rain was good, and I don't like Day Job, but if they're gonna have Day Job in the set. At least it's the end of set one. So yeah. um, that was my thoughts on set one. What do you think, Nob? Sure. I, I quite enjoyed set one. I thought set one is just... If, there really wasn't a song that I thought was played poorly. Some songs are better than others tonight. But in set one, it's all good. The bar is very high. Um... Alabama Getaway, some animated Jerry vocals straight from the jump. It's high energy, kind of gritty. Brent sounds great. Phil is super prominent in this mix tonight, and he's all over the place in a, in a positive way. Um, Promised Land is really strong. It's not an all-timer, but it does everything just right. Bobby gets into it when he wants to. Uh, J- Jerry gets on. Everybody is playing like just the right thing. Loved that they love each other, almost like mid-temp. Like, it wasn't a slow they love each other. It had the slow feel, but it was very active, very moving, and I would say almost a, like a mid-tempo they love each other. Uh, some great solos from Brent and Jerry. Jerry gets to stretch his legs a little bit more, but it's great because both of them are given great solos. Uh, tight ending with a, a fun line from Phil. It's a good, it's a good they love each other. Uh, me and my uncle is it's fast. Uh, Phil and the drummers at a great little groove. Uh, Mexicali is also fast. A long Jerry solo for for Mexicali blues. I wouldn't say either of the Bobby Country tunes really wow tonight, but they're fine. Um, I also love this bird song. Uh, this bird song is a highlight of the night, just because there there isn't a bird song that sounds just like it. Um, and that's what I really appreciated. It's fast, um, but it's like it's cl- it's clearly recognizable as birdsong. But this is a groove and feel 
that is just different for this song. The jam started off like a little samey, but a couple minutes in, it got super heavy. Jerry started throwing in these like, Bows! and after that, it was nothing but interesting che- textures and cool journeys between them. So it's, it's a very unique and strong bird song. I, I, I highly recommend that. Bucket is fine. It's, it's raucous. Uh, they, it like has been talked about, they mess parts of it up. It is early in the song's life, so I can sort of forgive them. Um, it's high energy, it keeps the party alive, but it's, it's not a particularly strong rendition of the song. And then I loved this Deep Ellen Blues. I really did. It's the last time they ever play it. Um, it's a very different arrangement that I'm used to hearing out of Deep Ellen Blues. It's like a, f- like a slinky, fun, kind of funky. It's in conversation with West L.A. Fadeaway. Um, there's no better word to describe this Deep Ellum Blues than enjoyable. I just, I liked hearing it. It was a lot of fun. Looks Like Rain is solid. It does everything well, but doesn't wow. It's well felt. It's a nice big ending. Day Job doesn't, like, I, you know, I, I, we've heard a lot of Day Jobs on this show. And there's a few where I have gone to bat for. The 4486 Day Job is, is actually quite good. And that's a thing that I now know off the top of my head. But this stage job, it just, I, I, it makes you understand why the Deadheads weren't rooting for it. It, it isn't bad, but it really doesn't do anything particularly well. And you just find yourself going, man, this is just a worse might as well. Um, but it's, it's, the ending gets really big and it's got some nice high energy. It, you know, it's a fine way to close out set one, but I wouldn't consider it a highlight by any stretch of the imagination. Set two gave us a China Cat, I Know You Writer opener, followed by Man Smart, Woman Smarter, Ship of Fools, Truckin', Drums in Space, Uncle John's Band, Throwing Stones, Not Fade Away, Broke Down Palace with an encore of One More Saturday Night. Hey, Nob, what did you think of set two? I liked it less. Um, If there is... When you said that you found the show to be unremarkable, when I listened to set one, that is remarkable to me. I am very wowed by set one. I unquestionably would agree that set two is unremarkable. Set two is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Set two, set two does a lot well. It doesn't do very much amazingly. Um, China Rider is fun. It's jaunty. The, the, the jam between China and Rider is particularly cool. Um, Bobby's verse in Rider is a little sloppy, but it's overall fine. At the end of I Know You, Rider, uh, it's pointed out that there's a wasp's nest under the stage, and that's fascinating to think about. Um, and then we get to Man Smart, Woman Smarter. It's fast. Um, the most interesting part of Man Smart, Woman Smarter on this evening is the way that Bobby is continually able to find another gear. Like, you keep thinking this is the most Bob Weir can possibly shout on Man Smart, Woman Smarter. And then they do another chorus, and he's got even more energy to shout out even more of Man Smart, Woman Smarter. Like, it's, it's fun. It, if, it's enjoyable. It doesn't really stand up to repeat listens. It's a fun one to dance to, though. 
Ship of Fools is one of the highlights of set two. It is gorgeous. Jerry is super on, really fluid. And the whole band is adding just exactly what the song needs. Um, Truckin' is also, in my opinion, a highlight of set two. Uh, everything is played well. It shines in the bridge. This is a great night for building the energy on. Sometimes the lights all shining on me. Other times I can barely see. Lately it occurs to me what a long, strange trip it's been. Um, it, I like it more and more by the minute. There are some little spoonful teases from Brent. At one point, he starts going, bow, 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 bow. Uh, the band does not follow him into Spoonful. But there's a, a neat little jam as drums struggles to be born out of Truckin' that I really enjoyed. I, I liked this Truckin' more and more by the minute. It, it was quite good. Drums is okay. Uh, the first five minutes didn't really do it for me. Just kind of meandered without ever f settling on anything interesting. The last two minutes are, like, cool, sonically. I don't know gets into like a lower groove they're like electronic drums it, it sounds neat um uncle john's is fine if if uninspired it's a little sloppy but not a bad time throwing stones is cool i like the throwing stones i like the jam in the middle especially um it's an early throwing stones you can hear bobby still trying to figure it out kind of but I really like, in the middle of it, there's just this very nice jam where everybody is adding some cool stuff. I, I, I have no better words. It was just fun to listen to. Uh, and then we go into a rockin' Not Fade Away to bring things home. Uh, it, it's, it's just good. It does everything well and even wows a little. Uh, and then Broke Down Palace is it's nice. It's, it's sweet. Uh, it's solid. Bob, Jerry, and Brent's harmonies sound really good. And then One More Saturday Night is a fine, high-energy way. In many ways, it is the perfect song to end this night with because what they are doing well is what One More Saturday Night does well. Um, so yeah, I thought set two was not as strong as set one, but it's still good. What did you think, game? I thought quite literally exactly the same. Um, China Cat, I know you're Ryder. I enjoyed um yeah man smart woman smarter it was eh, whatever um ship of fools was also kind of in the meh whatever for me uh truck and i enjoyed uh drums in space i skipped uh uncle john's band was good uh throwing stones eh. uh not fade away was good broke down was good uh and one more saturday night was okay um and i and i think almost that's what i meant by by the show was unremarkable um was that set two was unremarkable. Um, yeah, it definitely, I've, I've, it, it doesn't leave you with a great impression. No, no. Like if this would have been someone's like first Grateful Dead show, like in person, I could definitely see them being like, I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Like, like, yeah, like, oh, okay. Like these guys are just singing songs, right? So it's just strange. And I don't know if it's just, not all 83 shows are this way. Um, no, I don't know. We've had some great 83 shows on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but this one, I don't know. This one just wasn't hitting on um, all cylinders for me. Um, I think I know the answer to this. I'm going to ask, uh, does this show make your book of the dead? No, but set one would make a, a book of the dead for, for individual sets. 
Uh, agreed. If if we have ever, ever do the book of set ones, this would be a book. This would be a a book of set one set. Um, but uh, I think since set we both agree, is... that means we're gonna feature all of set one. Yes, yes. So, um, please stick around after we're done uh, with this podcast for set one of um, September twenty fourth, nineteen eighty three, which does negate our which set voting. Um, yeah, I think we've made it clear. <laughs> yes. Um, who's your mother trucker for this show? I don't. I don't know who the hell I'm going to pick. I personally, it was Phil for me. Um, it's a good night for Jerry. It's a good night for the drummers. Like everybody does some good stuff tonight. Even Brent has a really good night. Um, to me, I mean, A, the, the mix is just very generous to Phil, especially in set one in a way that not every tape, every show that we listen to is going to be, but he's also just very on. A lot of these songs feel as lively as they do because Phil Lesh is giving some really cool parts to them. It's a Phil night for me. I think I am going to go with Jerry on this one. Okay. Um, because I think Bert's song is my highlight of the whole show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, I think he gets my vote simply for the, uh, for the great Bird song. Um, Reddit comments, we have two. Uh, I'll take Fry Guys. I'll let you take JWG3. Um, Fry Guy uh, stated, this show is notable for the Deep Ellum. Only one I caught, and it was a fun afternoon. Well, Fry Guy, the only one you caught was the final one they did. So I think that's pretty badass. Uh, Nob, go ahead and take JWG3s. Sure. Still not a Book of the Dead level standout by any means, but I've got two things to say about this one that are fascinating in my humble opinion. It's another show for which I give set one the nod. Yes. Uh, And my mother trucker of the evening is our beloved Phil Lesh. Okay, this is getting spooky. Um, (laughs) If I haven't said it before, I'll make it clear. While not my favorite as a Chuck Berry original, Promised Land is my favorite dead cover of a Chuck Berry song, and it kicks ass out of a ripping getaway. Feels like this was the first time I appreciated a slow they love each other in a while. Me and my uncle kept the energy going until it dissipated into Birdsong, My Beloved, which was not a version that jumped out at me, but enjoyable nonetheless. Interesting. Very interesting. We've got a lot of the same thoughts, but in that way, we do disagree. The power of the show and of subjective opinion. Um, Looks like Rain just does it for me, and this, for whatever reason, was one of those times. I think this was the first time I experienced Day Job outside the Encore. And while it certainly felt weird thematically to not end the show on that note, probably beats the disappointment of getting a day job encore. (laughs) A crucial reason behind my set one favoritism is due to the fact that set two simply did nothing that stood out relative to so many of the second sets we've heard recently. If my judgment is clouded by burnout, then my apologies to 92483. I think you're okay. Uh, Ship of Fools was a singular standout here, in my opinion, with Jerry putting in the passion on the vocals. The encore was about the best you can ask for, considering it's a Saturday night in 83, too. Yeah, I threw in some little annotations throughout there. But yeah, I would say we overall agree with this assessment. Especially that first part, the, that first paragraph. I was like, that is, uh, we just like, said all of that. <laughs> hold on. 
Hold on. Uh, next week we are featuring. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're we're this is a good yeah. one. Uh, and the only reason I know it's a good one is because a little peek behind going, the curtain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, that and uh, our good friend Fig, who should be returning with us next week. Um, as let long us as know get the contract today. disputes solved correct correct we're still waiting for the attorney he's asking for a lot more money yes and if you think he's demanding too much money i think you should email help on the way pod at gmail.com and say where is my bucket hat that will solve everything um shit i forgot i forgot what i was saying um oh oh, next week's show big likes um figs wanted to be here Yes, so Fig wanted to be here this evening because he assumed and thought that we were actually doing next week's show, which is January 22nd, 1978, but we're doing the 83 show, so the 78 show is next week, Um, and I actually listened to a few of the 78 show this evening. Um, It's really good, Um, really good. I didn't listen to all of it, but... The first it's couple songs one. I listened to, yeah, it's really good. Um, looking over the set list, um, we get a uh, oh, a little, a little cowboy section: El Paso, Tennessee, Jed, Jack Straw. Um, yeah. Step one. Um, the big thing to note is is in between the other one and Saint Stephen, Jerry starts teasing the theme to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I. Th- think it was I, a then recent movie let's uh let's go ahead and that would have been yes third in, yeah it uh, would have been november wait, is, 77 so about two months after the movie came out he was teasing the theme it's a cool show too. i'm i'm excited to give this another listen and uh probably is that have it another one of those sh- <laughs> do you know if this is the only time they've done that close encounters I believe so. I could be wrong about okay. this, but I'm pretty sure. This is like the I feel big like... one with the Close Encounters. Okay, because I if feel like heard it, I've it's seen... probably the show. Oh, wait, what am I doing here? Oh, I, I'm searching on Bing, and I thought Bing was listening to me talk, but no, it's just Bing's AI telling me all about uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, anyway, I thought um, I saw it on another set list, um, but it could have very easily been, I was just looking at this set list moons ago, and I didn't realize it was this one, 2278 show. Um, but yeah, no, very, very, very much looking forward to next week's show. Um, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping for the evening. As always, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your grateful dead loving friends and family. Of course, you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, not one that sort of rhymes with fade away, comma, not a fi. Um, so if you do use a service that does happen to rhyme with fade away, comma, not uh you won't find us on that one however you will find us on every other major podcasting platform uh if you do like to get your podcast the old-fashioned way you may do so at help on the way if you would like to email us your request for 
a help on the way hell in a bucket bucket hat please do so by emailing us at help on the way pod at gmail.com of course you may communicate with us on reddit at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead we are on youtube at youtube.com slash at help on the way pod and we are also on kick at kick.com slash the gd channel Nob, any um, parting words for our uh, our fans this evening, or for Fig, who is once again listening to this while convalescing? Yeah, well, I guess this is a message to to everybody. But as the great Bob Weir says, in between, I know you, Ryder, and Man Smart Woman Smarter. There's a wasp's nest under the stage. And thank you once again for listening to. The Help on the Way podcast.
But my uncle, God rest his soul, he taught me good love. Well, he taught me all I know. He taught me so well. Well, I got that gold, and I left his dead ass built on the side of the road.
town and some thought he was the bomb. Billy Jean was waiting when he came. She told me he would take if I didn't use my gun. I'd have no one by myself to blame. I went into those dusty streets, blood was in my mind. I guess that stranger hadn't heard the news. Cause I shot first and killed him, Lord, he didn't even draw. Out there on horseback in the dark, just running, running across those desert sands.
Show the ride. Hey, Lisa, show the ride. 
The covers were still warm where you've been laying. You might not 